This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff. Joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. Go fuck yourself, everybody. <laughs> I hate you, Jeff. Your ass is grass. This week we're talking about Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Came out in 2004. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Um... Yeah, starring Ron Burgundy. I mean, starring Will Ferrell. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Christina Applegate, Paul Rudd, Steve Carell, a bunch of other. Chris Parnell. Dave Keckner. Yeah. Danny Trejo, friend of mine. Um, <laughs> You're on a first name basis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed uh, directed by Adam McKay, written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. So. It's, it's crazy that Adam McKay directed this and Talladega Nights. And now he's directing these like Oscar bait movies, yeah, like The Big Short and The Big Short, and uh, that's a Danny DeVito one, right? Yeah, no, oh, uh, and Marvel movies like Ant Man, yeah, what? Yeah, or he wrote it anyway. Oh, yeah, he didn't direct it, but uh, and then yeah, um, the uh, uh, the v- the Vice, he directed that too. Miami Vice, number one new show. All right, so uh, Alex, this was your pick. Uh, lead us off here. This has got to be, uh, aside from Mel Brooks films, this is like my favorite comedy. It just it, it came out of nowhere. I think when this came out, there was like a huge dry spell of just like really good like laugh out loud comedy. And you know, you know us, we kind of. You know, grew up in the same era. We're jaded as fuck. And it takes a lot to get, like, a big, big laugh, especially from a movie. And this, and every <laughs> once in a while, there'll be a funny moment in a movie and stuff, and I'll chuckle or I'll laugh. But this one just delivers, like, consistently. It's just great timing, great pace. You're entertained throughout. And it's it's hilarious. Not since, yeah, like I said, not since uh, Mel Brooks, like, a really good Mel Brooks comedy has his, has a movie so uh, put a smile on my face. I love this movie. All right, I'm. I love this movie too. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think I think there's a little bit between Mel Brooks and this, but whatever. It's still hilarious. Yeah, but I mean, it was just I think that big dry spell that really like. That's why this movie like hit me in the funny bone a lot harder than the the usual fare. Yeah. And this was, there was, I should have this up, but this is old school, just come out, and this is all, Will Ferrell kind of at his prime right here, right, with these mm-hmm. comedies. And yeah. Yeah, I, like, kind of, you mentioned, I don't watch many comedies that much, that much anymore. And when I do find a good one, they're usually good. Like, I mean, the last good one I've ever seen, though, was, like, Bridesmaids over the past, and that's already probably six years old. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't it watch. is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but this one... Uh, I did not see it in the movie theater, although I remember the trailers all the time. And all it's Scotch, 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 Scotch. That's what I remember from the trailer. I remember I watched it on DVD, and the first time I watched it at home, I did not like it. There were, it made me chuckle a bunch, but did not like it. I think I was expecting like the world 
because everyone kept telling me, yeah. And then when I rewatched it like the second time, and it was within a, I think it was a Netflix red envelope thing, right? And so you know what, I'm gonna watch it one more time before I return it, and then I remember like like liking it a lot more the second time. And then every single time I watch it, it's funnier and funnier. So that's my history, Scott. Uh, saw this in the theaters, probably with Alex. I had to guess, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, I'm sure in the theater at the time, it was fairly hysterical. Uh, being being there with the theater crowd and getting into it, um, you know, we still quote this movie incredibly quotable, and Putin quotables. Yeah, I. Yeah, it'd be difficult to say like where I'd, I I would place it over the last 20 years versus like like Alex's dry spell, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I, I would agree with what you said, Jeff. Like, I, I don't go to the theater to see too many comedies. Uh, and I think growing up... Yeah, went, went to nowadays see, they all suck. Yeah. Went, went to see all the Adam Sandler stuff as a kid mm-hmm. and then the, the Chris Farley, David Spade stuff. And then I guess Will Ferrell kind of started picking up the slack became kind of that that go-to comedic presence. I guess some of the Jim Carrey stuff, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I, I remember enjoying this, and uh, it's still easily watchable. Like like Alex was saying, there's barely a plot here. <laughs> I mean, it, there actually is like a, a cohesive plot here as a, as a movie it works, but it's just... Yeah, and characters have arcs. Yeah, it's just jokes strung together and, and funny characters and well-acted, uh, or at least actors with, with good comedic chops. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fun watching it again, even though I probably hadn't been that long since I watched it the last time. Yeah. And one other thing I'll say is, when this came out, I did not know who Paul Rudd was. I did not know who Steve Carell was. I think, besides Will Ferrell, it was Christina Applegate. Those are the only two people I knew from this movie. Yeah, Fred Willard's in it, and he barely does anything funny. It's like a more serious role for this. Yeah. I think I knew him because of the Christopher Guest stuff, but... But yeah, like, Steve Carell, was this, he was still, like, on The Daily Show at this point, probably, right? And this is before 40-Year-Old Virgin and stuff. Like, this yeah, this is definitely before he broke, broke out. And yeah, this is another yeah, Apatow yeah. production. You actually see Apatow and Adam McKay have cameos in this movie. Right. And I mean, Paul Rudd obviously was around too, but he, I don't remember when I first knew him either. Like, yeah, when with... I first saw this movie, it's like, oh, it's the guy from Clueless. Yeah, it's the guy from the Super Nintendo commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for, for, forget how long that fucking guy's been around. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in right, uh, well. Romeo plus Juliet. Uh-huh. All right, let's get into it. As usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. So, Alex, why don't you leave us off? What's your number seven? My number seven, and this is what a cultural phenomenon this movie was and still is. Uh, I'm cheating a little bit because this is a story from my brother-in-law who was in the military. And he saw the movie on leave and then he went back. And he did something and his uh, commanding officer was chewing him out, like just yelling at him. Like for something that he did. And, he, you know, he, as a Marine, he had to stand there and just take it. And then at the end, <laughs> the way he, my brother-in-law tells it, <laughs> he's like, he yells at him, he's like, so what have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> and Jeremiah, I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> and then his CO just like gives him the death glare, but he can tell that he's kind of cracking, and then he just turns and walks away. 
<laughs> oh, it's the it's the best story ah, I've ever heard relating to uh, Anchorman. But I had to share that. It's my number seven. You you hear a lot of stories relating to Anchorman, Alex? <laughs> no, but this is the best. Okay. <laughs> All right, Scott. Why don't you go next? What's your number seven? All right, uh, my number seven. Uh, just and just to preface this, I I did want to make a list of just the the funniest moments of the movie, but what are you going to do with this? Like, yeah, I, I know it's way too. Yeah, hard. just you just all punchlines and, and jokes. Um, but we'll we'll start with Steve Carell, who, who steals the show, uh, <laughs> and all these scenes, even with with Will Ferrell and other people doing really funny things, uh, and that's the the scene. Where Ron Burgundy tells the the news group, the the uh, news team, sorry, that uh, he's he's in love with Veronica, and then Briggs <laughs> starts naming stuff around the room that he loves. The <laughs> I love desk, I love lamp, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> Burgundy calls him out. Are you just naming stuff around the room and saying you love it? I love lamp. <laughs> he doubles down on the lamp thing. Oh man, just. Carell's delivery and just the the weird posture that he has, and he just kind of has that unblinking, just that that blank smile. Uh, cracks me up. And there's there's the first the first line that we quote a lot, that we've quoted a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. So I love I lamp. lamp. <laughs> All right. Uh, my nest kind of like what Scott said is like there's so much stuff from this. So what I did is I just literally just like right what comes to mind. Bam 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 bam. Wrote them all down. Easy. It took me like five seconds. Yeah, it was easy. And I think it's yeah, I think it's a good list. And so I'm just gonna go in the order or the reverse order which I came up with. And so milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I all these all lead into like that whole scene with him drinking milk and just breaking down uh <laughs> also with him with um my friend giving him this great advice in the bar and him just, I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. You speak English. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, milk yeah. was a bad choice. Well, I'll have to say more about both of those things. Okay. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. My number seven. Alex. Uh, my number six is I love all the character names in this movie. They're, <laughs> they fit right in and they're ridiculous. Ron Burgundy, Brian Fantana, Champ Kind, Brick Tamlin, and then what was uh, Vince Vaughn's name? West Mantooth. West Mantooth. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica Corningstone. The names are fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking up real quick what the some of the other news people were. Uh, Even the guy that can't think said something. Yeah, Ben Stiller was Arturo Mendez, which is actually pretty normal. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Luke Wilson was Frank Fishard. Oh, yeah, Frank Fisher. Uh, I don't know Robin's character's yeah, name. Tim Robbins. I forget. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, number six. Okay. So, um, number six is the like, going back to lines he quoted here uh, when, when they go through that whole sequence of them trying to to hit on Veronica, and it's Brian's turn, and he he opens up the the secret. Uh, bookshelf that he has all the all the cologne in, and Will Ferrell's uh, reaction the first time of never ceases to amaze me. 
that the <laughs> he starts naming off the the different uh, clones. What was Blackbeard's delight? Was one of them or something like that? <laughs> English gentleman. Yeah. No, let me guess. Blackbeard's delight. Blackbeard's delight. <laughs> and then he pulls out the the sex. And Brian pulls out the sex panther, and <laughs> and it's that 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 whole sequence is hilarious. But the. Uh, <laughs> Really stings the nostrils. <laughs> I'm be honest with you, Brian. That feels like pure gasoline. <laughs> when he puts it on, and everybody's freaking out. That the smells like it's dick. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. Uh, yeah you, turd covered in burnt hair. Yeah, that's that's Judd Ap- <laughs> Apatow that gives that line. Um, oh, that's the best. But but uh, kind of doesn't cap off the scene. But uh, the the funniest line from the whole thing is <laughs> is Paul Rudd's. They've done the research. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That gets used a lot. I, I still use that one. No, I forget how many of these... Like, I, oh, shit, that's for me. I say these all the time. Even if it's to nobody, it's to myself. Like, just walk around the house saying these things. <laughs> 60% of the time. Yeah. God. It's a bit pungent. Like, maybe if I let out a little gas... <laughs> It stings the nostrils. <laughs> stings the nostrils. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Uh, my number six in this, I, maybe it should be higher, but if I go by my things, that I, how I remembered them, is <laughs> when Jack Black kicks Baxter off the bridge. <laughs> oh, my God. Fake dog. Well, what, what, if I just, what if I destroyed something very precious to you? Would that be Baxter? Oh, yeah? Well, no, this is happening. Oh my god. <laughs> Who doesn't want to kick a little dog sometimes? I'm just saying. <laughs> so yes. Jack Black mm-hmm. is cameo and kicking poor little Baxter off the <laughs> off the bridge. Come on, who doesn't want to kick a little dog? A little yappy thing. Guess I should just see myself out. Alright. <laughs> number five. My number five is all of Danny Trejo's scene. It's fantastic. He takes on the role of the wise bartender. He, he's like, hey, you know, ladies can do things now. <laughs> he's telling Ron, like, what he should have learned throughout yeah. this whole thing. And, he, and it's a kind of a serious moment. And you think, <laughs> you know, Ron, like, looks him in the eye and you think, oh, maybe, you know, he's finally clicking in. It's finally getting. <laughs> he's finally getting it. And he's like, I'm sorry, were you speaking? I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, and Trago just, bleh, he just throws in the towel and walks away. Uh, gold. I agree. And Danny Trejo, I gotta give him a shout out. Yeah. I was looking to see if his name was Trejo in this too, but it's not. Just bartender. <laughs> Alright, Scott, number five. Okay. So, number five. Uh, again, this is a, a scene after another scene that's gonna be higher on my list. But the uh, the scene after they've they've gone through the big fight scene, <laughs> and just, just that that entire scene, uh, almost every line in there is gold. The <laughs> well that escalated quickly. <laughs> that really got out of hand. <laughs> uh, you guys kept your head on the swivel, which what you got to do when you're in the middle of a vicious cockfight. And then the the whole brick thing, <laughs> brick killed a guy. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Oh man, uh, just you quote that whole scene. But uh, yep. I think my favorite one was just Brick killed a guy. And Ron goes, "I saw that," <laughs> or Brick says, it. "I forget who says it." But, 
Oh, man. I've been yep. meaning to tell you, Brick, you should probably leave the town <laughs> yeah. for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Killed a guy All with right. the trident. <laughs> My number five is the whole San Diego meaning whale's vagina. Just <laughs> sitting in the car, parked. San Diego. No one knows what it means. Uh, I think it means San Diego. Nope. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All that stuff, whales. Come on, who doesn't say now? I mean, that's San Diego. <laughs> yeah, pretty much ruined San Diego. Who doesn't go to San Diego and say I'm going to Wales vagina? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are you going to this weekend? Oh, we're hanging around Wales vagina. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, that's number five. So, Alex, you're number four. My number four is the downfall of Ron Burgundy. That whole sequence is <laughs> phenomenal. The fact that they they set it up beautifully when somebody puts a question mark at the end of the teleprompter. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and then that leads into Veronica playing that vicious prank on him. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. And him not even realizing what it is. I gotta fire you, Ron. <laughs> I gotta fire you, Ed. Bing, bang, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then him... It's going back to his old house. Ah, oh, Tino, thanks. It, it's good that I can come to a place where I can still get a good meal. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> it's like, what is it? It's a piece of poo. <laughs> you eat the piece of cat poo. No. Uh, then the milk and running into his news team. <laughs> he's wearing, he's just, he's still wearing his burgundy pants, but he's in a wife beater, all beard, all disheveled. <laughs> Brick trying to join him, but they yeah. pull him back. He just like dog signals on him. Yeah. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I'm completely miserable, San Diego. Which is yep. uh, something I've cried out uh, when I wake up from a hangover many a time. <laughs> All right. Out, uh, Scott, number four. Okay. So, my number four, uh, co- going back to Brick again, uh, and packed with the sequence where they're all hitting on Veronica. When Brick awkwardly tries to proposition <laughs> Veronica uh, with the, <laughs> would you like an invitation to the pants party? <laughs> Which might be the funniest line in the whole movie. If 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 we're trying to, I don't know, set some set some kind of objective <laughs> uh, measure on these, that the <laughs> just uh, her saying, "Are you trying to say that there's a part you're inviting me to a party in your pants?" Yes. <laughs> and then she turns him down, and then he he asks the guy standing next to her. The guy's like, no, Brick. <laughs> then I forget what he says, but he just basically says, okay. And then he sprints off of the <laughs> off the, 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 the studio floor, like in the background, and he like runs into stuff, which... It's almost even funnier. <laughs> just him running off for no reason at all. Just sprinting. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how much of his was improvised. Like, shit like that. You know, do you script for him to run off screen? Like, I doubt it. Yeah. She'd like to go to a party in my pants. Uh, no break. All right, let's go. <laughs> Here's a yeah, it's always good symbols. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, my number four is what Alex's number four was, is go fuck yourself, San Diego, with the whole teleprompter. <laughs> and yeah, and he said beautifully set up with uh, I'm Ron Burgundy. 
and the look on Fred Willard's face. <laughs> go fuck. I mean, now seriously, if you tell someone to go fuck yourself, you almost have to like add San, San Diego. Diego. <laughs> so that's my number four. So mm-hmm. Alex, number three. My number three <coughs> is the whole anchor brawl. It was awesome. Going to take a shortcut to to go buy suits because the whole gang is feeling down. Like, Brick, I thought you said this was a shortcut. <laughs> okay. And then they meet up with Wes Mantooth. <laughs> I forget what he's... Oh, the exact thing that uh, Vince Vaughn says. But he's like, oh, she tells you your heine's special and different from everybody else's. <laughs> and then you see his news crew all laughing and Brick's there right next to him laughing too. <laughs> it's like, heine. It's like, Brick, get over here. <laughs> and then all oh, the cameos... This is not expected at all, by the way. <laughs> Luke Wilson comes out. We ain't Frank Fitcher and everybody's improvised weapons. And then Tim Robbins comes out with the public broadcasting and Spanish Channel News team. Como están, bitches? Yeah. <laughs> that whole fight was choreographed beautifully. There's a man on fire. <laughs> this is what I'm wondering, because they had the man on fire, the guy on the horse... The the old Planet of the Apes thing, which I really appreciated. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that that whole scene was so wacky. Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> Brick just holding a grenade. <laughs> yeah. Brick, where'd yeah, you get Brent that grenade? Fantetta. I don't know. <laughs> Brad Fantetta loading his six shooter. Jesus age. But what I'm wondering is this: is if they filmed the part afterwards when they're all talking about how it escalated quickly, if they filmed that first. And then Brick was ad-libbing, and then they went to film the fight, and they had to add all that stuff in. <laughs> the, him actually stabbing guy at the heart of the trident? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I saw a man, in a, a man on fire, a guy on a horse, and I stabbed him through the heart with a trident. That would be funny. I saw that. Brick killed the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's possible. Wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Scott, number three. Number three is uh, it the the whole exchange between Ron and Veronica before they fight in the middle of the newsroom. Uh, particularly one one line when he yells at her, "Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island?" <laughs> like, if might not be the funniest, but that might be my favorite if we're gonna do <laughs> objective measures on things. Uh, but yeah, just that go back to your home on Whore Island. Uh, that's such a good line uh, and then of course they fight she's beating him with the, the TV antenna and oh jeez that hurts yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at it Knights of Columbus that hurts yeah. <laughs> I like how they they just let him fight <laughs> yeah they gotta work it out on their own yeah uh, but just the, that, that line why don't you go back to your home in Whore Island and they have some some really good exchanges when they're the audio's off and they're just filming at the end of the news broadcast. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you right in the ovary, <laughs> right, right in the baby maker. Straight shot, right, right to the, the baby, baby maker. maker. <laughs> You're a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> you have a whorish mouth. <laughs> uh, anyway, go back to your home on Horror Island. Horror Island. That's my number three. All right, my number. You guys have all mine are already taken. Right? Yeah. So my number three is the pants party. Um, <laughs> not much to add. You guys already said everything. Just yeah. <laughs> would you like to go to the pants party? 
And then when he asks the guy, he takes off running. So, Alex, number two. My number two is just Will Ferrell. It seems like he was just born to play Ron Burgundy. Oh, excuse me. I'm a little scotch. Yeah, this is kind, this, this kind of the Will Ferrell turned up to 11. Yeah, it, and it is, works really. though. Yeah, it let loose, and they built him this movie pretty much around it, him and his character, and just giving him free reign. It's it's amazing. Yeah, there's nobody yeah. else that, that, that you can't imagine anybody else doing this role. Like twenty years when they're when they start remaking this movie, it's like no, you can't. There's just no fucking possible way. Yeah, and I would say the whole cast is good, but he stands out. Like, yeah, I agree. All right, Scott, number two. Number two is the go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> uh, just nobody says that about my city. Your ass is grass, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, what with a few few examples of the kind of the PG thirteen rating working for the for the movie here, because the the f bomb so out of uh, nowhere. That you almost feel yeah. the same shock value that that is supposed to be implied that that the whole San Diego area feels. Ed Harkin, what? No. And then again, I, I love Chris Parnell's character being so upset. <laughs> A poop mouth. A poop, poop in your mouth. <laughs> uh, if I give you money out of my wallet, would would that make you stop crying? <laughs> I hate you, Ron Burgundy. That's my number two. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> All right. My number two is <laughs> Brick Kill the Guy. <laughs> I, I, I saw that. <laughs> I think I saw that as probably the most used phrase I've ever done from, from taken from this thing. I saw that. Uh, yeah. You guys have said it all. That whole discussion. and Vicious cockfight. <laughs> yes. Staff guy in a heart with the trident. I saw that. <laughs> I mean to tell you about that. You need the glow. <laughs> Last uh, time I checked, my name was Ron Burgundy. Is your name Brian Fantana? <laughs> and then when Brick says, oh, Brian Fantana, no, your name is Brick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, number one, Alex. My number one is all the improvisation and uh, ad-libbing that they did in this movie. You can kind of check it in the credits where they do some of the, they show some of the extra takes for stuff, but... Yes, Will Ferrell is the king of ad-libbing, at least in this movie. It's fantastic. Right from the beginning, you you could tell like when he's doing like his whole spiel and everything during the opening credits that it was just he here Will just you know do your thing for the whole thing. <laughs> Unique New York, the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> it's like, do you see these eyebrows? Look at me. It's Bush Bush League right here. That and uh, I guess cannonball. But I want to say all the everybody's ad libbing seemed pretty strong, except for uh, Christina Applegate. She didn't really have any strong lines, and I'm wondering if she just wasn't like as on the spot as everybody else, or if she was just scripted. Well, you you know, lines. A lot of times with these these movies, where the it's kind of the straight comedies. They always ask, you know, how much of that was improv, and how much of that was on the script, and mm. like, the more way more often than not, they'll say, no, that was the script. 
So a yeah. lot of, like chances are that most stuff we're seeing was was a line that they delivered. So yeah, she there's probably a good chance she wasn't improving as much as everybody, at least as fair as much as Farrell. But yeah, I I'd be willing to bet that most of the things we saw that showed up in the movie were were on, in the script. Well, I hope not. What about the prank phone calls? Well, uh, Doctor Rifkinton, guess yeah. what? You got knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> right, and I don't know. I mean, you're comparing. I mean, she's an actress, not like she didn't come from like SNL or something. She's not Steve Carell or no. I know. Or it was just or... noticeable because yeah. even in that exchange in the middle of the newsroom, where he's like, "Go back to your home on Hoar Island," and she's saying stuff like, "You look like a blueberry." I'm like it seems kind of weak. It's funny. I like. Yeah, I like the blueberry line. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's just me then. <laughs> I hate women. Don't take that out of context. Well, you are a misogynist at heart. I'm all right. Scott. Uh, so my number one is the the news team street fight. Me that too. shit was so fucking, like, <laughs> they they put a lot of love into that scene, you could tell. Because, like Alex was saying, they had the... Yeah. the uh, Planet of the Apes, like, dragging away thing. They had the, the Dutch angles. It felt like a Star Trek fight scene, like the original Star Trek scene mm-hmm. in a lot of places. Uh, just the absurdity of it. And the funny thing is, is you know, it it still kind of works within the context of the movie. Um, you know, it doesn't really break the fourth wall too much there. But, you know, I love <laughs> Vince Vaughn showing up again as West Mantooth. Uh, just the idea that these, these guys are, like, rival gangs as opposed to just rival TV stations. Uh, ben Stiller showing up fucking cracked me up. You know, when I saw it opening night, that would, that by far was the funniest moment in the movie for me. Uh, just like, como están, bitches? Tonight, the streets or the sewers run red with Burgundy's blood. <laughs> and then when, he, when Burgundy steps in the middle and says, let's set the rules, no touching of the hands or face, and then they, they do the close-up on Stiller. Again, with kind of that, that real close-up uh, camera look. And he says, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all the... And that's it. Yeah. Again. And then, like Alex said, all the improvised weapons, like nails through baseball bats, chains. Dude, uh, there was one guy that had... It was a blurry close-up because it was in the foreground, but it had a stick and he had two pair of scissors yeah, yeah. opened. It's like, damn, that is savage. <laughs> yeah, that was... Oh, my God. <laughs> And these guys go to, you think of that? go to town each other, and Tim Robbins shows up, and he's got like the weird kind of like lisp that he has going, uh, getting milking that character for everything it was worth. And then I love that he's got that spike, spike baseball bat, and he, he hits his pipe against it to get the uh, the tobacco out, <laughs> the tobacco ashes out. Yeah. <laughs> then you know, finally, the, all the other stuff you guys mentioned, the police show up. I think it's funny when they're all running away. It's like the way. Tim Robbins kind of does this weird kind of high leg step off, off the right side of the screen. And I think it's all done. And then Vince Vaughn pops up because he's been like knocked to the ground. And then he runs off the other way. Oh, man. The policia. Yeah, policia. Again, Ben Stiller doing the shitty Mexican accent. Policia. Uh, uh, and he's got, he's got the great mustache, too. And uh, mm-hmm. even... Even Luke Wilson getting his arm cut off, which is so dumb, still makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, you could see it. Did not like, see that coming. Views, of course, you could see the line where the fake arm is. Uh. <laughs> Ling Wong, the panda. So, yep. News team oh, fight. I just wanted to say the panda's name. Yeah. 
right. Uh, my number one, same thing. Uh, only thing I'll add, but I don't even know if it's this scene, is when Brick's going, loud noises? Is that the scene or is that <laughs> no, later No, that's on? when they're yelling at um, Ed for bringing on Veronica. <laughs> Okay. It's, like, it's anchored man, not anchored lady, and that's a scientific fact. <laughs> I just feel like whenever I'm in a room and everyone's making noise, but me, I just feel like I have to start making noise. I just start going loud noises. No, I'll, I'll do that because I'll, I'll be playing Overwatch or something like that, and somebody will be just being a dick, and they'll the ran, randos as we call them. Uh, they'll be like yelling something. Well, not yelling, but typing something out in all caps. Like, why didn't you guys do this thing? You guys are terrible, or whatever. And then I'll type back in caps. Loud noises. <laughs> noises. <laughs> That's my, awesome. my go-to. I, it, loud, my, my two go-tos are either loud noises or uh, the two lines from, from Ralph from Simpsons. Either my, 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 my cat's breath smells like cat food. <laughs> or... I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I just kept my finger. Or my doctor said I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I just kept my finger out of there. I say that one a lot to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I catch myself picking my nose, so a lot. Yeah, a lot. When I catch the boys, I say you're gonna get a lot of nosebleeds. You better keep your finger out of there. <laughs> um, one thing to add to the street fight: everything you guys said is awesome. <laughs> Bid Stiller. Am I the only one who thinks he's? Hilarious when he doesn't star in a movie and he just does a little role like this. Yes. Yeah, he's just... he has to have the mustache too. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, that helps. But... <laughs> yeah, in a side, Ben Stiller as a supporting actor, as a cameo, he's fantastic. Yes. Starring role, eh. Yeah. I mean, besides Something About Mary, even then. Yeah, I don't like that movie. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I like it, but I didn't find it as hilarious as everybody else did when it came out. And, but yeah, when I see him in like his little cameos in Arrested Development, <laughs> as Tony Wonder, this, uh, yeah. Happy it's Gilmore. Happy Gilmore might be the best one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot better than when it's its own thing. I yeah. Meet the Parents and stuff. Like, Meet the Parents is just not a good movie. Okay, there's that too. Yeah. Do it, Alex. <laughs> Gonna meet. Gonna meet me. Meet the Parents. Stupid. A little um, bit. All right, uh, the last one that I had was, uh, which we already talked about, which I think was the end credits, like the gaffes of the, you have a whorish mouth, I'm going to shoot you in the face with a BB gun and all that stuff. That was my honorable mention. Sweet Odin's Raven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Jonathan's corn cup pipe. <laughs> Sweet Odin's Raven, I misquote all the time. I say it a lot, but I know I don't get it right. I know I had Odin in there somewhere, and I just the rest I mess up. The ultimate is when you... Uh, you got to quote that during a Thor movie. Yeah. Well, He's dead. Our, Sweet Odin's Raven. One of the code <laughs> names of our one of the projects working my work is Odin. <laughs> so I say that a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> the the honorable mention for the the outtakes at the end. I always enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I I really loved how they threw in the Smokey and the Bandit outtake there in the middle. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. no reason. So that was great. Uh, and. And the one line they had from uh, from Brick, just fucking hysterical. It almost made my list. Was the when they're they're asking him about uh, his yeah. his charity golf tournament again this year that he had last summer. And he said, "No, too many people died last year." <laughs> I use I I use that line too. Oh man, 
And he actually breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, don't tie that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you doing the picnic game this year? Oh, God, too many people died. Yeah. Uh, other honorable mention, another thing that almost made my list was when they sing Afternoon Delight. It was, I really liked that. It was just like this weird little beat. And the Pleasure Town sequence. <laughs> oh, look! The most beautiful three. rainbow. Do me on it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Honorable yeah. mention to Panda Watch. <laughs> Luke Wilson losing his other arm. Come yeah. on! This is getting to be goddamn ridiculous. That's great. It, that really hit home because I remember when I was a kid, all the fucking news stations were all about the pandas. You guys remember that? It was finger lingling good. <laughs> I always just remembered at the, at the, watching local news, it's 55 minutes of just death and murder and destruction and then, oh, uh, the panda has... Yeah, the, yeah there's like a cute story about, yeah, at the very end. <laughs> yeah, they never would never leave with that shit. Ever. Yeah. Officer done down, young boy in, in the streets. Uh, fires, floods, everything's bad. And then at the very end, it's always yeah, a, a tiger was born or a hippo or whatever. It was just like Jesus. That, that squirrel. Yeah, squ- squirrel in water skis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up like around the San Diego area and stuff, so I do remember that the, a panda being born, and they actually did. I don't know if they called it panda watch, but they were like around the clock. <laughs> Keeping tabs on the panda for when it was going to give birth. Garden grows in San Diego? Huh? No, when I was before I moved to, to yeah. GG. You were still pretty young when you came here, though, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. But I still remember. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Panda watch. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time to rate it. As usual, we rate it on the scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute garbage. Alex. And four. Right in the middle. <laughs> That's right. What are you get? Not this movie. Nope. Uh, like I said before, this isn't. This is a classic movie. This is one of my go-to's, but it's not a Mel Brooks like masterpiece. It's a masterpiece in its own right. So I got to give it a six. Okay. I thought you'd give it higher, uh, Scott. Uh, again, super quotable. Um, consistent laughs all the way throughout. Uh, this this was one of the comedies of, of the aughts, um, if not the last 20 years anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about. Um, you know, again, like Alex said, I, I, I can't put it at the same level as like Blazing Saddles or Frank Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, hell but yeah, if, if we go by our original, or not original scale, but one of the things for our scale of, you know, how how willing are you to watch this again? Like, it, it's such an easy watch that I will give it a six. Panda watch? No. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I'm going to have to go and disagree with you guys here. I'm putting this a seven. Wow. Oh, yeah. shit. Well, Jeff's really? going higher than us? This is unprecedented, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as good as some Mel Brooks movies, but it's also, in the last 20 years, I can't think of a funnier movie. So, fine. It's not as good as those. Those will be sevens on my Well, some of those will be sevens on my list. Um. Yeah, I put I put that like I said the last twenty years for what it is. I can't think of a funny movie in the last twenty years. I'm sure there are, but I can't think of one right now. So seven for me. Rare, rarefied air. Yeah, nice. Yeah, how often? Right. I, I, I'm curious to go back through here. If it, if it wasn't a movie that you just outright hated, Jeff, 
How many times did you rate it higher than Alex? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Alex likes everything, so... I do like everything. Okay. Anyway. Well, we'll have to figure it <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. we have a super fan out there that'll do it for us. I doubt it. Yeah, that's probably not true. If, yeah. I ever fin- if I ever finish my website, we'll figure it out for us. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long I've uh, forgot my password to log into the website. Um, <laughs> all right, what's our crossover list, Alex? It is top your top five favorite anchors in movies or television. That's not actual news anchors. They're like what? appear in TV shows or movies. So fictional news anchors. Yes. This is anchors, not just reporters. That's an important distinction. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So April O'Neil could not be in your right. List. Or Miranda Veracruz de la Joya Cardenal. I want to put her on my list too, Alex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. We're like, oh, she's not an anchor. <laughs> right. Well, why don't you lead us off, Alex? Which is number five? Uh, my number five is actually an alum from Anchorman. It's Steve Carell, but this time in the movie Bruce Almighty. Okay. And, uh, yeah, the, the movie's okay. It's got some funny moments. And one of them was when Jim Carrey has his uh, nigh omnipotent powers. And he's controlling... He has nigh omnipotent powers? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. And he's controlling Steve Carell, like, from his home while he's watching him on TV because he's the jerk in this movie. And Steve Carell just... Like sells it with all the gibberish that he has to say on them. There's like the highlight of that movie. Okay. All right. Scott. Uh, number five is uh, a a Brooks a Brooks joint. Uh, James L. Brooks and Albert Brooks uh, broadcast news. I've never seen it. Um, it's it's good. Mm. I mean, Albert Brooks has done a lot of great. Uh, uh, done a lot of great movies oh, that's, that's better than English <laughs> it's been a lot of great things uh, but yes you mean old Hank Scorpio um, but he's he's not the anchor in this case uh, that's William Hurt is uh, Tom gotta hurt as uh, Tom in this movie uh, he's kind of this empty headed kind of pretty boy anchor uh, but it's it's still kind of I don't know it, it's not the typical like okay that's all he is it's not quite one dimensional but it works. Uh, yeah, broadcast news, Tom. Mm. Okay. Uh, for my list, I had though my first few were easy. The last couple are hard. And I want to say, and I but I couldn't look. I couldn't find. It. I was search for it, like sci-fi mm. ones. And I kept I kept thinking of like I'll buy that for a dollar, but that's not a news anchor. Yeah. And then I was thinking of, like, would you like to know more? But I don't know. That's not a news anchor. That's a robot voice and stuff. Yeah, that's just internet clickbait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I came up with was, I don't think he has a name. It's the Spaceballs news anchor. And he's talking about Jabba the, or Pizza the Hut <laughs> eating Pizza himself. The Hutt. <laughs> he ate himself to death. Yes. And then oh, coming nice. up next, the review of Rocky 5000. <laughs> that's so, good. That's my number five. I don't know if that's the one I'm thinking of. But that's the one, only one I could come up with. Uh, maybe you guys will have one on your list. I'm not sure. But the Spaceballs news anchor. Spaceballs the news Alex. anchor. <laughs> the kids love this one. All right, Alex, number four. 
My number four is from Die Hard. Howard. It's freaking great. Is he an anchor? Really? Yeah. I thought about him. Right? He says, eat it, Howard. Yeah, not, 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 uh. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, Dickless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eat it, Howard. Dude, yeah, you're Dickless, on. Sorry. <laughs> and then the mom from, uh. Goonies like tries not to laugh. <laughs> she continues the story, and then it was fantastic. In another like short comedic beat, they switch back to the anchors. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, they're what you're experiencing now is probably the Helsinki syndrome, as in Helsinki, Sweden." <laughs> that smug like anchor voice. <laughs> Finland, Finland, actually. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> just shuffling papers around because he's so awkward. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's a deep cut. All right, I like it. Mm-hmm. Scott, number four. Number four, because uh, it was basically the first one that popped into my head. Uh, from The Simpsons, Kent Brockman. Oh, bastard. It's higher on my list. Yeah, me um, too. On my list. The, reason, the reason it's not higher is I, off the top of my head, because I'm, I'm not the same level of Simpsons fanatic as you guys are. I I couldn't remember a lot of his lines off the top of my head, like funny stuff that he said. Um, the main thing that comes to me is like the kind of dialogue he's having with other characters being funny, like the the whole Arnie pie in the sky of <laughs> now's not the time for this Arnie. You're not the time, Ken. You're not the time. Uh, what about I for one welcome Arnie? Yeah, yeah that one's good. That's yeah. the most quotable one. Yeah, that one's good, but. Uh, yeah, I didn't think of that one until you just said it just now. So, uh, either way, it's a staple uh, Anchorman over the last thirty years. Twenty. Almost. Oh no, almost thirty. Almost thirty. Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah Ken Brockman. It's, it's thirty. Yeah, and that's right. and that's a uh, um, Dan Castellaneta, or is that Sheer? I forget. I don't know. I think it's Sheer. Anyway. Mm. But was it? What's the rumor that it's based off of either Hal Fishman or <laughs> the local LA guys? Was Hal Fishman or that white-haired right. Dallas Reigns? No, not Dallas Reigns. Oh. Yeah, look it up. But all right, um, we're on to mine now. Yeah. So my number four, yeah. and this is a cheat, but kind of not really. Um, and I'm going to say Stephen Colbert from the Stephen Colbert Report. I thought about that. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's he's playing a fictional character on that show. Well, um, I just didn't think of him as an anchor. It's a new show. That's a, I, I don't know. I think, I, I'm not saying, the reason I didn't put him on there is because I was thinking of him more as like a pundit. Yeah, I mean, I did think about that. But I, he's reading the news and yeah. interviewing people. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, it is definitely pushing it. But it's a gray go. area. <laughs> and, uh, and it is t- I mean I don't watch too much late night TV now but like him on there versus him on his show now on CBS or whatever it is now he's a totally different person right like that's the real Colbert versus the, right and then you yeah, have this character yeah, yeah. over the top Colin... Republican <laughs> Stephen Colbert it's French bitch Colin, Colin... Uh, O'Reilly Papa Bear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's my number four. Uh, Alex, number three. My number three is uh, actually LA newscaster, news anchor, John Beard, but not from oh. Fox, <laughs> from Arrested Development. Shit, that's good. 
It's so good. And he had him. He was on the show while he still had his mustache, which is great. It's called a cappuccino, and wait till you see how much it costs. <laughs> that's good. I, don't, I, I, I have to allow it. It might be because, oh, that's good. I'm allowing it. He's playing himself, but that's yeah, so good. An exaggerated version of himself. <laughs> yeah. It's called a cappuccino. Uh, you know, we never we forget to mention yogging. <laughs> jogging or yogging. I believe it's a soft J. All right, Scott, number three. Number three, uh, going back to our 80s podcast, uh, Murphy Brown, uh, Ken Spurgeon, um, is the titular character there. Uh, oh, and Kramer, he was on a Murphy Brown. <laughs> he was not an anchor man, though. No. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, just one of the shows I, one of the many, many shows I watched growing up, uh, all these sitcoms, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, Ken Spurgeon again, uh, playing more of the straight man in her own show, um, and yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about this, uh, just more that probably watched her as an anchor more than any real anchor. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that show, but I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it right now. Like I watched it religiously as a kid, but... I think most of it was probably over my head or something, and I understand. I, I remember, I remember a few jokes here and there, but yeah, that's about it. I remember she was pregnant. Yeah, and I don't know. Was it the was it the guy who was like painting her house the whole time? But he and he also lives in Hogwarts because I get that guy confused with that guy. <laughs> Vincent Pastorelli. Yeah, confused with the big giant and Harry Potter and the Hendersons. Whatever that Harry was. Potter and the Hendersons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's, no, that's coming next because Hollywood's out of ideas. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, what's the big Hag Hagwart Haggard 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 the Horrible? I don't know the big giant guy. He's like friendly, but he's a giant. No, it's Haggard. <laughs> Haggard. Yeah, I thought I always Hagrid. thought Haggard. 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 I thought he was the painter in Murphy Brown's house. No. <laughs> All right. Um. My number three is, and I did, I like the show, but it wasn't, there, I definitely had issues with it, because whatever, but uh, I forgot, it's Will McAvoy? Yes, it's on my list. From, uh, <laughs> from the newsroom, I think that's what the show yeah, is called, right? that's newsroom? right. Yeah. I thought he was good on there. I have issues with the show, but I thought he was really good as a, a news reporter, or the news anchor. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's Jeff Daniels, so... He as it's a lot of things. He can be funny, but he can or serious, but he can also get funny and you know shit on the toilet with his legs in the air and do all other stuff. <laughs> I, I I thought he was really good in that show. Um, just a little preachy sometimes, but he was good. In it. it was an Aaron Sorkin thing, so <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my number three, Alex. My number two is Kent Brockman. Throughout the whole years during the golden age of The Simpsons, he was fantastic. Uh, some of the highlights are when he's like, and this is action news. And then he, the screen is, the chair and the desk are empty, and then he jumps into the frame and goes, Hello, I'm Kent Brockman. <laughs> Tonight's top stories. <laughs> the one where they're, try, where they're trying, you know how news always tries to make weather like a bigger deal than it is most of the time? <laughs> and he's like, why don't you tell us about this storm that's barreling at us like a shotgun full of snow? <laughs> Oh my gosh, damn you, Snow! 
course, the yeah, the Overlords, that fantastic episode where he won the lottery, <laughs> the Springfield lottery. Uh, so many good moments. Kent Brockman, signing off. And did we lose Jeff? <laughs> I think we lost Jeff. Maybe he went back for another Guinness. No, I was here. I was muted. I was doing some research. Um, <laughs> Kent Brockman was based off Krent? of Kent. Sorry. Yeah, Kent Brockman. Uh, Hal Fishman and Jerry Dunphy. That, that's the white-haired guy. I don't. I don't think anyone knows this unless you live in L.A. area. But mm-hmm. that's who it was. Um, all right, Scott, number two. Okay. So for my number two, uh, going back to your number three, Jeff. Uh, should be Jeff Daniels from the newsroom as Will McAvoy. Um, basically, yeah, I agree with everything that you <laughs> pointed out. Uh, yeah, he definitely was not just the anchor on the show, but he anchor on the the news show that he was in, but uh, anchored the show. Like right. <laughs> he was the definitely the lead talent there. Although there were some other good actors involved. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed like the... Terry Crews and Olivia Munn. Yeah. Oh, I, I, you know what I, I like Terry mm-hmm. Crews, and yeah, yeah, talent. yeah, talent. But yeah, the Sam Watterson, uh, but uh, definitely, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I like like you said, I enjoyed the show as well. Um, yeah, I thought they 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 went a little too far sometimes. With the <laughs> whatever whatever message Sorkin wanted to push that week. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the best part of the show was just like. Seeing him like be the hard ass for the heart of gold. Yep. How uh, he'd be a dick for like the first forty minutes, and then he'd do something cool at the end. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two is uh, Kent Brockman. Um, everything you guys already said. The, the one that I was going to do was the lottery one, where <laughs> I'm not the one that was going to quit a six figure job just because he won the lottery, but he has like a suntan on and a gold necklace. And, um. <laughs> Yeah, and then my th- also the one we already talked about is the I for one welcome our new Ant Overlords. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's him. Is it one when he's like they're interviewing Homer Simpson and it's like I'm being told not to go back to you. You know, we have a new infrared technology, and oh, look at this! I can only guess that's Homer there roasting in the oven, <laughs> rotating at three hundred sixty-five degrees, literally stewing in his own juices. <laughs> um, oh man! All right, uh, yeah. So number one's Alex. Number one, my all-time before the feral years, the the greatest part of SNL. Weekend Update with Norm MacDonald. Ooh, I didn't even think. That's a good one. Oh, it's fantastic. The the best part. People would, I would just tune in for him, and I know a lot of people also did too. It's just everything. And this week at the top of the charts, better than Ezra. And number two at the top of the charts, Ezra. <laughs> that was the band, by the way. If nobody remembers who better than Ezra was. Yes. Were they less than Jake or better than Ezra? Whoa, Whoa that joke hasn't been told a million times. <laughs> hey, um, so side, so Norm McDonald's your news guy? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's mine too. 
But I would say almost, I didn't even think about SNL. If I would have, I would have said every news cat, any one of them would have been on my list. Like Larry, Larry Miller, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller is good. Um, Ron McDonald, Seth Meyers. Puller. Tina Fey. Yeah, did Tina Fey do it, right? Yeah, Tina Fey. Any of those would would have been better. Well, it should have should have made my list. So, damn it, I'm mad at myself. But yeah, Norm would be my favorite. Or so the Germans would have us believe. <laughs> uh, so good. I should look some of those up. Yeah. All right, Scott. Number one. Number one is from uh, Futurama, and uh, that would be Morbo the Annihilator. This <laughs> this such a Simple but great joke, like running joke that they they would do little lead-ins, and they they were never more than like a minute. Most of them were like I don't know, fifteen twenty seconds long. Where he had the two news anchors, it would be a human woman and Marvel the Annihilator, and he would he'd always <laughs> deliver some like mundane kind of news, like or there'd be some mundane story, and then then Marvel would talk and like say something normal, and then some weird shit would come out of his mouth. And <laughs> so it, it would be something like, and that's when uh, the, or, or, yeah, no, I mean, tongue tied here. Yeah. That's, I'm keeping all of this in. Yes. Uh, on my head. Yes. Uh, you'd say something mundane and then follow it up with, and then our f- fleet is going to continue our contest and come and crush the puny humans. Uh, or when he's moderating the, the presidential debate. Um, he introduces puny human number one, puny human number two, and his good friend Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then Nixon asks him how his family's doing, and he says, "Belligerent and numerous." <laughs> it's just the funniest oh, fucking good line in the whole. Uh, might be the funniest line in the whole series. Belligerent and numerous. Uh, but yeah, just <laughs> one one scene. They're they're doing like a Christmas thing, and he's like thanking the woman about all the cookies and things like that. And then uh, <laughs> he finishes up with like, but we'll still crush all the humans. Um, there, there's one on uh, global warming <laughs> where he says, this pleases Marbo, but also makes him feel sticky. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that gag so much. And then the whole time the, the, the woman news anchor just always laughs. And it's always something like, oh, oh Morbo. <laughs> so, yeah, no, number one's Marble the Annihilator. Yeah, it's a strong pull. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number one is, I don't think you guys have watched or watched the show. If you have, not the whole thing, uh, would be the news anchor of Pawnee, Indiana, Purd Happily. Uh, that would be from Parks and Rec. I have not. If you don't know who uh, that is. No, I haven't seen enough Parks and, and Rec. He. Is like he's so dumb, but he's also like his everything's so redundant of what he says. And so, like, I'll have some quotes here from him here. Issue number one is our first issue. We're going to talk about now, or uh, <laughs> where is it? For a female perspective on the scandal, we turn to a woman. I just uh, they're just you have to, you have to watch this. Everything is uh, I can't do it justice. But the way he reads everything, everything is so redundant. The first topic we're going to talk about is the thing we're going to talk about first. <laughs> And just I don't know these other things, other quotes here. It's a heartwarming story, but it's just not believable, which is why I give ET one and a half stars. Um, also joining us today is a different person. He's just watch it, pretty happily. He's like it, you know maybe has like 
10 seconds in every third episode or whatever, but whenever he's on, it's gold. So, nice. heard happily. Um, any honorable mentions? I would say, we know we all like to keep him off our list. Anchorman, Ron Burgundy would be number one. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming we all have that same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well. Honorable mentions to the real reporters that had to report on that leprechaun that somebody found. (laughs) Witnesses spotted in a tree. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, we do our favorite reporters. We can go back to that one. Yeah. Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm getting in trouble. All right. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Uh, A Buick commercial has announced has informed me that uh, it's almost time for the Sweet 16 in the college basketball. Okay. Because they're offering 16%, Sweet 16% off of their new lineup. You know what the Buick commercial told me is that Buick still exists and people, people <laughs> drive Buicks. I can't believe it either. <laughs> that that was, uh, I had I had two Buicks forever. I was well into my really? 20s before Skylark. I had a non-Buick. No, I did not have a Skylark. I had uh, Oh, no, that was my, yeah, my cousin. No, 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 I had, I had a, uh, a Buick Regal. Oh. And uh, that was that six was cylinders, by the way. I think it was a... Two doors. Is that the bird shit car? That was, that was not, I, I don't know which car that was. It could have been. No, no. Is that the, the wire <laughs> hangers holding the bumper on car? I think you're thinking of Alex, though. But, uh, oh, okay. the, uh... No, no, that, that was the car that I, I could rev it up to like 5,000 RPMs and it would go five miles an hour. <laughs> so that was a good car. Uh, and then I had a Buick uh-huh. Century, which was actually older than the Regal. It had, Are these like hand-me-downs from your grandparents or something or what? Basically. The, okay. the, I, the, the, uh, the Century had the, the super sweet plush velour blue interior. <laughs> Just let yourself go. Yeah, uh, it's quite the car. No, uh, no bucket seats in front either. When I pulled, pulled <laughs> when I pulled Just that one long one. When I when I pulled my hamstring, I uh, I drove home. I had my my right leg like stretched across the <laughs> into the passenger side, <laughs> just because I could. You were driving with your left foot. Yeah. Sounds safe. I was I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Whoa! Alright, you going to talk about the Sweet 16, or are you over there? I mean, March Madness, or what's going on here? Oh, that, yeah. March Madness. It's March. Yep. <laughs> and it's mad. Yes. St. Patrick's Day. Ooh. We should have done a St. Patrick's Day movie. Mm-hmm. Meh. St. Patrick's Day. Is there, is there a St. Patrick's Day movie like Boondock Saints? Is that it? Yeah, Boondock Saints, I mean, the Leprechaun. I, I, any Irish movie, I guess, would qualify. Yeah, Oh, Darby <laughs> and the Little People. Darby O'Gill. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's time for Liam News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. So. Put some Irish spring music You like it, too. Starting with some Marvel news, because... I don't do that very often. Uh, so I guess uh, Shang-Chi uh, has gotten a director. Um, this is a an actual Asian martial arts Marvel hero as opposed to the immortal Iron Feast. Uh, 
So we'll see if this, you know, the, the, I guess if you hire a director, that that mostly means it's going to get made. Uh, and Marvel has not really said much about their their new phase past uh, um, the Spider-Man: Homecoming. So we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe that's just could squeeze in at the tail end. Uh, but yeah, more martial arts stuff. I mean, hopefully we see a, a pure mar- uh, Marvel take on martial arts that's better than Iron Fist, which is not going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh So okay, I you know I know very little about this character, but apparently he's he he does have a tie in to the Avengers at some point, and uh, he doesn't start with superpowers. He kind of gets one, I guess. I don't know, but. He's just super badass. Like that's his thing. He's kind of like Black Widow or Hawkeye. Uh, he's just really good at fighting. Uh, so, so that's coming some point, hopefully. Um, and that'd be cool to kind of keep the whole uh, Black Panther, Captain Marvel thing going, where it's just not a bunch of these these handsome dudes leading movies. Uh, and then. Keeping the Marvel train rolling here. I finally saw the Dark Phoenix trailer. I, you know, I wasn't actively avoiding it because I don't really care about this movie. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I finally did see it, and I'm happy to report that it looks. Eh. <laughs> um, I don't, have you guys seen the trailer for this? Yep. Okay. I have not. Okay. Well, it it feels a lot like the plot to this to what was it Days of Future Past. Where Magneto's on board just so he can kill somebody to stop horrible things from happening. Which is like the whole plot line for Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Um, is it actually Jennifer Lawrence in this one? Because it didn't even look like her. Maybe it was just them finally figuring out how to put the makeup on her without taking eight hours at a time. Uh, yeah, she's in it. She's the, she gets killed. They spoiled out the trailer. Does she? Because she shows up later. Yeah. Like the way they cut the trailer together, it makes it seem like she's in the scene sure. after that. Alright, well, the trailer made it seem yeah, like it was yeah, it killed, it whether, yeah. <laughs> That's how they got her to come back. It's like, yeah. it's like, the only way I'm fucking doing this is if I only have to shoot, like, one day. So, like, okay. Here you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a weird kind of passing the torch here. If that's if that's kind of where they're going with this. Because it's just not the star power there. Like, once you get past Fastbender and McAvoy, really, there's a steep drop-off there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Sophie Turner is the the biggest name after that. We'll see who else shows up. Um, I guess Jessica Chance, Ch- Chastain was in it, right? Playing some kind of uh, um, albino. I'm not really sure what's up with her character. Uh, mm. We'll see. It's just the it's just a weird thing because this is basically a rehash. This has already been done. Uh, they're just telling it a different way, I guess. Maybe the whole outer universe gets involved with this one, just like in the actual Phoenix story. And, uh, yeah. At any rate, yeah. Sorry, Scott. I got to interrupt you here. Um, I'm on my Perd Happily Quotes page, and I'm looking at the ads on the side, and it says, <laughs> "If you're over 40 and own a computer, this game is a must-have." Oh, <laughs> oh you should Did click you buy it? it, or do you already have it? You guys... I mean, do you guys want to guess what it is? Is it Ebony? It's... It's Vikings. Vikings. Oh yeah, that shit. So. 
So, so you're going to buy it. It also has ads for uh, Stephen Colbert. Okay. And Jack Black and Ben Stiller. So, fuck you, Google, for listening in on this podcast live. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> Come Swear on, to God, God, that's on the time. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, so there's that. And then, uh, at least keeping it Disney, if not necessarily Marvel. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before, but um, there is uh, an exact date for Star Wars Land. Did we talk about this? So that we did not. So okay. So at least in the Disneyland Resort in California, uh, on May thirty first, should have been open on May fourth, but <laughs> on May thirty first, uh, Star Wars Land opens up. And just like the fucking Marvel movies, they're doing it in phases. So not all the attractions will be open. Uh, yep. But, yeah, you can go walk around. At least one of the rides will be open. I'm sure the line for that will be real short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you got to make a, an appointment. Basically, you just got to go. And, like, if you want to get on this ride, it's basically going to be your whole day. He's going to show up, yeah. no, no, go to this ride. No, and then... Alex is right. You have to make They're doing reservations. You can't even get into land without a reservation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So right right now what they've released is if you stay at the hotel, I don't I'm sure it's any of the, the big three hotels, you're allowed to make a reservation and you have like four uh some time slice, like four hours allowed in the part in the Okay. And then they're probably gonna have use the app and have other people be able to reserve. And like probably if you're a pass holder, you could do it, but you only make one reservation a month or whatever. I don't. They haven't announced that yet. I'm guessing. Dude, but <laughs> we need to figure out if there's a limit on the number of people attached to the room. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Because <laughs> we yeah, just no. split <laughs> split the cost of a room yeah. and get eight of us in or something. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Sure that. Imagine how many people are going to be pissed when they show up and they're not allowed. <laughs> to the <laughs> they already paid 150 dollars per person. Yeah, I mean, I think they said it's only for the first month or two. Right. God, I gotta think it's gonna be Jeez. packed forever. Yep. Yeah. Maybe, but like somebody pointed, out, it might have been you, Jeff. Even uh, maybe, uh, maybe it's an awesome time to go to the rest of the park. But then again, if they're taking reservations, then maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I was just there yesterday on a cold Tuesday night, and it's still pretty damn crowded. Hmm. So. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make it any better. It's going to make it worse. They're adding that whole new parking structure, which is almost done. Second um, Death Star. Yeah. Did you say, like, the second Death Star? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got the trench in the middle. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An exhaust port? Yes. <laughs> Easily exploitable? Yes. Uh, By the way, don't go on Splash Mountain at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, at least if, at, least, five, at least if it's not in the, eh, at least not in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it was a five. It was a five minute wait. But, uh, we got <laughs> a little one. cold. A little cold. A little cold. Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't get that. Okay. Bad, I mean, you're fine as long as you, as long as your chonies and your socks don't get wet. <laughs> everything, everything else is okay. You can live with it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a long. I've done that before. It's a long cold walk out of the park. <laughs> was was so Jeff? Let me ask you. Was uh. Who are all the attractions, or like attractions, are the like happy animatronics like shut down when you wrote it? No, everything was right. Okay, because like last time I wrote that thing, like half of them were just off. Like they didn't even have a light on them. They were just like, fuck it. Like... <laughs> no, the only thing that we went on, America Soaring, whatever that one is, and oh, yeah. 
the thing stopped soaring. It was just the movie playing. We just sat. We just hung there and watched the movie. <laughs> oh, well, that's horrible. Yeah. But what did they, they do anything for anybody? They're just like, eh, fuck it. No, you like, saw enough of it. Get out of here. Seriously, like we couldn't even. Once we hit the ground, people they're already loading the next batch on. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, the whole room. We looked over and everyone's just sitting there watching. And then you're because of that screen, that round screen, like. Stuff gets rounded, but you're, you don't see it as much because you're tilted to the side. But when you're not tilted to the side, you know, the Eiffel Tower looks like a big banana. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's super lame. Yeah. Someone had to notice that shit. And they didn't even say anything. No. Eh. They should have given you a free pass into the new Star Wars land for that. Yeah, fast yeah. pass. You should have been outraged, Jeff. I should have been, but I wasn't. Because um, that line wasn't that long. Because you know what? Because it was broken down before we got there, so we got in a short line then. So I don't know if they just uh, uh, just deal with it. <laughs> no, it's not like anybody's falling out of this thing, so we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I went on Toy Story for like the first time, like ever, or maybe one other time before. So oh, midway, midway mania. Arm yeah. get tired. What was your score? I don't know. It wasn't that good? Did you switch hands I, like I did? Yeah. Need to switch yeah, hands. It's, yeah. it's a tough game. Yeah. Forum's getting sore. There it is. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all I want to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you want to mention? Nope. All right. Jeff? No, no. I went to Disneyland yesterday. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, you have a true. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay classy, planet Earth. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.